What's up, gorgeous? Welcome to the Your Business Your Way podcast, a podcast designed to help coaches make strategic, emotional, and spiritual way to serve more clients. I'm your host, Shadia Janssen, an intuitive business coach and breathwork facilitator for lady coaches. Share the love by tagging me at HeyShadia on Instagram with a picture of you listening to this episode. I'll make sure to shout you out in my stories. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe for upcoming episodes. Ready? Let's get this party started, baby. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Your Business Your Way podcast. My goodness. Um, If my voice sounds a little bit groggy, it's because I'm fresh out of a breathwork session where it was like, one of those deep healing sessions with a whole lot of tears happening. So that's where I'm coming from. <laughs> and where I'm going is I'm going to be talking about whitewashing in the coaching industry. Now, this, as most of my podcast episodes are nowadays, is going to be more of a rant type of podcast episode because I'm, I haven't planned for it. Um, I'm kind of afraid even to plan to talk about this subject because it's so vast and I don't know where to start or where to end. So instead I'm just going to talk and trust that whatever needs to come through me will come through me, whatever the world needs to hear, whatever you listening right now needs to hear will be spoken and addressed in this podcast episode. So there's a whole lot of surrendering and a whole lot of trusting happening here. (laughs) All right, so whitewashing. When I was in my breathwork session, the the word whitewashing came to me. And my understanding from, of whitewashing, obviously English is not my first language, So my understanding of it came from the cultural whitewashing, which is the definition from the Urban Dictionary. But if we look at the general definition of it, it also includes hiding criminal activity or not so great things in order for things to look good. And looking at it, both definitions are things that happens in the coaching industry. Let's be honest. And the whitewashing in the sense of incriminating, it's not always with incrimination in the law type of things. Like, I don't feel like there's a lot of things happening in the coaching industry that's gonna end that's supposed to get people in jail but we all know that people tend to look nicer and try to portray this side of themselves that's not really real in order to attract clients and get people into their world And 
this happens both on the general life sense, but it also happens culturally. And I'm going to talk first about the cultural side of things because that's something that I've experienced. Now, if you don't know me, my name is Shadia Yamsen. I am a proud Caribbean girl that grew up in the Caribbean. My skin is black. I'm mixed race, so there's also white inside of my veins. And so my whole life, there's been this idea that white is better. It, it's done in a very subtle way by the way that I was raised through my parents, through my religion at the time, which was Christianity. It's in some ways part of the Caribbean culture, culture sadly, to the point where in some cases people bleach their skin. I've never heard of anyone in Curacao doing that. But when I was a missionary in Jamaica, I heard about it all the freaking time. There was even this woman that I heard of, and I mean, somebody told me that you could see on her, like, ties on her legs, there was these, like, burn marks. And it was a family member of her that told me that she tried to bleach her skin, like, so badly that it ended up burning her. So, and I don't know anything about skin bleaching. I've never done it. And as I said, there's nobody that I know from here that has done it. And I've never closely talked to somebody from Jamaica or any other country that has done it. So I know, I don't know the process or anything like that, but I know that it happens. And there's this whole idea that white is better. White culture is better. White accent is better. White um, everything is better. And coming from that thought pattern, it's easy to lose who you truly are. For me, I was not in my daily life, but in my entertainment life, I was mostly only exposed to white everything. And I know this is the case for a lot of people because, let's be honest, the entertainment world is mostly white. But for me in particular, my English world was exposed to me in white, right? So when um, the videos that I watched as a kid were all Christian videos, especially the Donut Man. And nothing wrong against that, but that's how I learned English. That's how I experienced life. You know, that's all I knew. And that's also why my accent, my English accent is very white. <laughs> I've had people, you know, be just shocked when they hear me speak. Because, you know, especially when I lead with, hey, I'm from the Caribbean, I'm this, I'm that, I love all these things. And then when they hear me speak, they're like, what? <laughs> so that's why my accent is the way that it is. Um, 
So yeah, whitewashing. <laughs> Let's come back to that. So for me, in order to fit into this coaching world, and in order to fit into life in general, for me, it felt like I had to completely deny the black heritage in me and be as white as possible. Now, to my defense, the black heritage in me was also not handed to me. It wasn't expressed to me growing up, right? And it's interesting when I look at it because... I grew up so Christian that you could barely function, yo. Like, certain movies weren't allowed to be watched. Disney was a no-no. Um, I wasn't allowed to listen to secular music. And if you don't know that what that is, it's anything that does not include God is great and worship and praise songs. That's all I was allowed to listen to. Um... I wasn't really allowed to go out, I wasn't allowed to party, I wasn't allowed to randomly have a boyfriend, like, none of these things was allowed or okay, right? And so, a lot of the music and the literature and all the stuff that we were exposed to as a kid was obviously coming from white culture. So, and it wasn't... Honestly, it was like when I was growing up, like when I was in my teens, that even black Christian gospel music was becoming popular. Like Kirk Franklin's and the Mary Mary's, they blazed a path for that, right? Which was awesome and dope as fuck. Um, so, yeah, so that was my world. And coming into... The coaching world now, all I saw was white coaches, right? And I'm not saying there aren't any black coaches. You might be black listening to this, and I fully acknowledge and admire you. But honestly, coaching is that. It's mostly white because it is one of those things that is now becoming more accessible to everyone, but technically it's a very elite concept to receive coaching. I believe that it should be accessible to everyone. I believe that coaching is extremely, extremely important, but we all know that it's not currently accessible to everyone. And that's something that I'm working on changing in my own ways as well. So, that was my idea of things. And add on top of that, you know, obviously neglecting who I am and neglecting my culture has always been the case. Then I come into this world where all I see is white and all the things that are being recommended to do and being recommended to use or resources and everything is extremely white. And then add on top of that the whole idea of you got to look good, you got to show your wins, you got to look like your world is perfect. There's a lot of denying who you are that happens in that process. And that is why your business your way came into existence. That is why it's such an important aspect of what I do. 
at the same time, when I started talking about your business your way, I didn't have the understanding that I have right now. I didn't even know that I was culturally being whitewashed or wait, let's backtrack there that I was culturally back whitewashing myself because there's nobody to blame for this, but me. And obviously my background and everything makes it more understandable, but there is a level of responsibility that we all need to take in regards to this. And you might be listening to this and be like, yeah, I'm white. I already like put up with you talking about white people so much. Um, what do I have anything to do with this? And to that, I would say, have understanding of someone else's culture and somebody else's way of thinking and way of being, right? Because there's this idea out there of quote unquote allyship. And I'm not against being an ally to, you know, what do you call that? I always see it written, I never hear people say it. Is it BIPOC? Like black indigenous people of color? BIPOC? BIPOC? I don't know if people actually say BIPOC, but that's what I read in my head. <laughs> you know, there's a strong thing of allyship. And I feel like sometimes people put so much pressure on white people in regards to that. And I understand where they come from 100%. I understand that people need to educate themselves. But I also feel like sometimes that pressure that you need to educate yourself can be overwhelming and be confusing as fuck. And when somebody's when something's overwhelming or too much, there's three ways we go about it. We either dive right in and like overwhelm ourselves even more. We stop. Or we, um, what's that other one? We attack, right? Or we attack the movement or we attack everything. So trying to make it less overwhelming as possible is important to me as a black person. And it is important to me to communicate to white people in general. Because when we think that we need to grab the whole world in our hands and you know find out everything and all this stuff it gets so overwhelming that we don't do anything and this is something that i talk about in business all the freaking time like people when you try to do everything at once and you're like i'm gonna grab the world by the balls and i'm gonna do all the things how many times do we actually do that Let's be honest with ourselves. So if you're white and or black listening to this, I would say listen to it and just take it in. Don't feel like you need to have this long list of tasks to do and to act on in order for you to be less whitewashed or contributing less to the whitewashing. And also know Understand that you know more than you give yourself credit for. This is something that I had to come to terms with myself. So 
I am not an expert in cultural things and I haven't necessarily studied that. I don't have any type of um, university degree in general, but certainly not in this area. I have not read books or listened to like these deep talks or whatnot that feels like it will make me an expert. And yet I realize I know so much. The way that I grew up in such a multicultural environment, specifically the high school that I went with, I went to that was such a freaking blessing. I had to, not I had to, I was able to experience culture, culture differently. I was able to, we used to have talks about the different religions and specifically when it came to history, I had the best history teacher ever, ever, ever. And if anyone has ever heard of her or know where she is, please let me know. I've found myself throughout the years Googling her many times over and I can't find her. Her name is Diana Van Esch. She used to teach at Peter Stuyvesant's Collegia in Curacao and she is phenomenal. Um, she has taught us to understand the world instead of judging it. We, we studied Muslims and Islam and we studied the world wars, specifically the second one. We studied South America and why there are di dictators there and why has the environment come to that? We studied Africa itself as a continent and like the overall story of it. And then we studied Rwanda as an example. And my final thesis for high school was apartheid in South Africa, which is apartheid in South Africa. So yeah, I've had a pretty broad experience with all of this, not to mention my missionary work, you know, I've had, I've gone to Uganda in Africa, I've gone to um, Cambodia in Southeast Asia, I've been to different Caribbean islands, more specifically Jamaica and Trinidad. I've also been to Montana. I've spent six months in Montana. I've been around the block, yo. <laughs> and always coming from, I want to understand more. And I remember being in Uganda. And oh my God, that country is so freaking beautiful. The people are beautiful. Everything about that place is so freaking beautiful and inspiring. My God. Um... And I remember just being there and every, and obviously we were exposed to a lot of poverty, right? And I remember the people that I were, that I was with, they were all like, oh my God, these poor people, they have such a hard time. They don't have food and they don't have this. And I saw that too. 
but I had a hard time feeling sorry for the people not in the sense of looking down on people but more so because I also saw the strength in them I saw the beauty I saw the uniqueness I saw the resourcefulness I saw the happiness I saw it all and I was able to see the people of Uganda as human beings instead of victims and I'm not taking away the fact that they were victims and so is many countries that were colonized by Europeans or any other country like the impact that that has done to countries around the world is insane right and it's even you see the difference in countries that have not been colonized i and i've i honestly have not visited these countries at the depth that i would like to so one of them is ethiopia that i've heard about that i really really want to go to that's never been colonized and so what I've heard people say is the way that people act and the whole environment and the energy in that country is completely different and the same goes for Thailand I only spend one night in Thailand and I've like driven through most of the country because um, we were going from Thai Thailand to Cambodia why do I have a, such a hard time saying Thailand because it's a TH, but I feel like it should be a T. And obviously in Papiament we don't have a TH, so it would be like Thailandia. <laughs> but um, yeah. And as I said, I don't have much experience with Thailand itself, but from the people that I do know, because I do, I've interacted with a few people from there, and and from what other people has told me is the country is like way more relaxed than countries that have been oppressed, used, stolen from, and all that stuff. And colonialism, colonialism was horrifying. And I'm not even talking about slavery because that adds a whole lot, a whole new layer to all that. So... There's a beauty that I experienced in Uganda of being able to see people as they are. I'm not saying they don't need help. And I'm not saying that there's a different, not a different, that there is ways that can improve the country. But I can also say that I saw their power. And I think that's an important thing for us to acknowledge when it comes to victims in general because there's this, oh, I'm so sorry you went through that. I feel it for you vibes that does not necessarily help the person. And I'm not saying that empathy is not necessary. But if you're being, if you're using the type of empathy that I often see, where you're looking at that person as this little thing, this little victim that can't do anything, you're not really helping the person. It's okay to feel empathetic, but also while feeling empathetic of I'm so freaking sorry you went through that, you don't deserve that, 
also go through you don't do you don't deserve that but I see the power in you and I see and I believe that you can make it through not I'm here to give you everything because you can't possibly make it and there's obviously a period in a victim's life depending on how horrible the situation is where they do need to be given to right a hungry person can't make it on their own they need to first get their belly fed in order to have the strength to even start thinking for themselves but you can help somebody without fully making them feel like they're worthless that's why you're helping them it's like a double-edged sword double-edged sword when it comes to these things right so yeah I went into that rant <laughs> now let's talk about the overall whitewashing here's my thoughts on everything if you are a BIPOC person <laughs> Stand in your power. I'm going to encourage you to stand in your power. Bring that into your business. Bring that into your personal life. But in order to do that, depending on how much you've been whitewashed throughout your life or how much whitewashing you've done to yourself, it takes a level of understanding you in order to bring you into the mix, right? On the other hand, if you are somebody that is white and is coming from that culture, make space and make room for somebody to be different. Okay, understand there are, I don't know how many countries, like 190 something, if not 200 something different countries around the world. Each one of these countries are different. Their culture is different. Yours is not better. Yours is not more elevated, yours is not more figured out than it is for anyone else. It's just different. And once we allow ourselves to experience, open up to experience and see that difference and understand that there are things you can take away from that difference that makes you stronger as a person, that benefits you as a person, then you can start seeing everyone as equal. When you're coming from that high horse of I'm white, I know everything. Um, and by the way, this is not just a white concept. It's also a Western con concept in itself, which is a whole other subject. <laughs> There's like so much to unpack here. Um, but yes, make sure you make space for other cultures from a very respectful way. Okay. And I also understand that for some people, the respectful way is intimidating because they're afraid that they're going to step on somebody's shoes, step on somebody's toes and um, unconsciously hurt somebody based on their remarks and based on their lack of understanding and all that. Listen, honey, you're going to step on people's toes. We're all figuring this thing out. This podcast might have stepped on somebody's toes heavily that's okay. They can tell me, ouch, and I'll make sure in my own capacity, I'll try my best in my 
own limited capacity to not step on their toes again, right? If you are so afraid to step on each other's toes, there's like no growth that can come, whatever, at all, right? So that is one thing. Coming to the second part of whitewashing, which is having to feel like you need to portray this person out there that's not you. Can we just stop that? And me saying that, I understand that it's way harder to do than just saying, stop that. It's easier said than done. I used to be that person. I used to feel like I had to fully, I don't know, make my world so beautiful. And that held me back big time. My life is I live in my parents' house. I live with my mom. I The room that I work in is the same room that I sleep in. And that was such a shame for me in the beginning of my business that I never took photos in my room. I never took photos um, working or anything like that. And recently I worked through that and I took some photos and somebody was like, oh my God, I love your office. I wish it was mine. And I'm like, <laughs> if only I freaking took photos of my quote unquote office a long time ago and allowed myself to express myself that way because it's something that I wanted to do. Now I'm not saying everyone needs to take photos of their office, but it was something that I wanted to do that I didn't do because I didn't feel like it was okay and I was so shameful about the situation that I was in. And while we carry that shame and while we carry that guilt, we cannot show up as our best selves, period. So healing is definitely important there. For me, as you know, my healing modality of choice is breathwork. I offer breathwork classes on a weekly basis. If you can't make it to that time, I also offer replays. The first class is completely free. So if it's something that you want to try out for yourself, you can do that. Okay. And then the last thing that I'm going to address in all of this is the incrimination whitewashing. And I see this in two ways from my perspective in the coaching world. One is stealing quotes from other people. Sometimes even stealing their, you know, content, their marketing content, or their actual, uh, I don't know, their actual course content in order to use it as your own in your own coaching business. I'm only talking about that aspect of it. That needs to stop. It's not okay. And it doesn't matter how much people it actually helps. It's still not okay. Because I've talked about this once in regards to Jay Shetty and how people have realized that he just stole so much quotes from so many people out there and just puts his name under it, Jay Shetty. 
and people attacked me. They were like, yeah, but he helped so many people, so let's not attack him. And I'm like, okay, just because you do good, we need to overlook the bad that you did? I don't think so. Like, we could still call out the bad. We can still call out the times you stepped on somebody's toes. We can still say, ouch. Right? And we have that. We live in a world where not everyone, but I think most of us that listening to this live in a world where we can, where we're allowed to express ourselves freely. And so if you want to say, ouch, you stole from somebody, we're allowed to, and we should be able to, and we should call out our leaders when they're not being their best. In the meantime, since I posted that, that was like two years ago or more, um, Rachel Hollis has also been blamed or called out for using other people's quotes. So that's something that happens in our coaching world where it is, and then, you know, obviously that's stealing happens, stealing of intellectual property. I think that's like the legal thing. Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> that stealing happens and then it's whitewashed of let's not think about it. Let's not look at that. Let's look at all the good that this person has done. And that's not okay. Okay. And then the last way that I would say that actually it's not whitewashing. So I'm not even going to talk about that. This is probably the longest podcast episode I've ever recorded. It's from the heart. It's me being my honest, true self. Obviously, there's some fears that come up in sharing this, but I'm not going to go into that. I'm going to share my heart because I know it's going to help somebody. And so if, it, if this did help you, if you got value out of this, then please share this with your audience. If it was thought-provoking for you, which I hope it really was, let's continue the conversation. You can find me on social media, like all the social medias, at HeyShadia. But in my group is where the best conversations happen. It's called Business Coaching for Lady Coaches on Facebook. Let's just talk about these things. I feel like having a conversation on these subjects is extremely extremely empowering and extremely important in today's world so that's that much love to you peace out bye-bye yo that was another episode of your business your way podcast before you go applying all the goodness you learned in this episode please hit the subscribe button so that you won't miss another episode also, I would really, really appreciate if you would take a screenshot of you listening to this and tag me on Instagram or Facebook at HeyShadia. I would really, really appreciate that. See you next week. Much love. Bye-bye.